know, sometimes it looks like it's far, and sometimes it looks like it's so close. It, it, it's, it's like magic. So the story goes that the reason that these cavalrymen could never find the treasure was because the uh, mountain moved and it kept hiding the treasure. They said they didn't find it. Well, the one who owned that now, of course, I think they found it. It can't be that this is still on the ground. In overtime, really? Howdy. Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of Stories of the South. I'm your host, Mark Casas, and I can tell you that I'm so ecstatic to finally be here with y'all as we take a deep dive into some of the folklore and campfire stories that really made up my entire childhood. In this episode, we have a very special story, one that I've heard so many times sitting around the campfire growing up, one that really leaves you in awe and mystery. It's a story of bandits and lost treasure. It's the legend of the Loma Sancajo. So, without further ado, let's dive in. This story takes place way back when. Back when bandits would run free and Texas Rangers would chase them down. Back when the new oasis was the border between Texas and Mexico, not the Rio Grande. As the story goes, there was a small group of Mexican bandits. They had just broken out of jail, and they were making a mad dash towards the border. They were making a mad dash to freedom. On the way... Some of them realized that if they wanted to live their life across the border, they would need money. They had none. All they had were the horses between their legs, the guns in their holster, and the clothes on their back. And so, they did the only thing they knew how to do. They robbed. They committed a train robbery and left with wagons full of gold and silver. Riches beyond their wildest dreams. It wasn't long after, though, that the Mexican Federales found out what they did. And they took off on their trail. The bandits had made it far. They'd made it to the Nueces River. But the Federales had caught up with them. So there was a mad chase. Horses chasing down the wagons. Bullets flying everywhere. People dying left and right. Finally, the bandits made it up on this hill, and they realized this is where they would have to make their stand. They fortified their position, and a firefight happened between the bandits and the federales. People on both sides dying, and it was bloody. A few miles down the way, there was a ranger station, and they could hear the firefight occurring. They heard shots going off wildly and was wondering what is happening over there. And so without hesitation, a small group of the Texas Rangers got on their horses and went out to investigate. The scene there on the hill, though, was gruesome. By the time the fighting had ended, 
all the Federales had died, and most of the bandits were dead as well, or gravely injured. By the time the rangers rolled up on the scene, a lot of the bandits had died. They quickly detained the rest and started interrogating them to figure out what had happened there. But the interrogations didn't go well. Most of the bandits ended up being killed by the rangers because they were refusing to talk. Finally, it came down to the last bandit. And they were about to shoot him when he begged for his life. He told the rangers, please no. If you keep me alive, if you spare my life, I'll show you where we buried the treasure. And so without hesitation, they agreed. They told the bandit that they'd spare his life. Just show them where they buried the treasure. So the bandit on weak knees got up and walked over to this spot where there was loose dirt and boulders and rocks piled up. And he said, there, there's where the donkeys are. There's where the wagons are. That's where the gold and silver is. And then the rangers shot him. The rangers figured it would be one less person to share the treasure with. And with that, they began digging. They moved boulders, rocks, and loose dirt, but they found nothing. And they kept digging and digging. They dug up the entire area. They looked everywhere, but they found nothing. See, many people believe many things. Some believe there was no treasure at all. Others believe that the bandit was lying about where he said the treasure was. And some people believe something far more mystical than both of those. Some believe that the mountain saw everything. It saw all the carnage and bloodshed that happened there at the firefight. And it saw what the rangers did to that last bandit. And as an act of revenge, as an act of payback, the mountain moved the treasure. The mountain moved the treasure somewhere where the rangers could never get it, where they would never find it. And they didn't. The rangers left that mountain empty-handed. To this day, no one knows what happened to that treasure. Some think it's still there, buried deep in the depths of the Loma San Cajo. Always moving, always changing, so no one can ever actually grab it. There it is, the story of the Loma San Cajo. Right now, it's very easy to see, probably, why this was my most favorite story growing up. Like, it literally has a little bit of everything. It has ups, it has downs, it has action, it has betrayal, with just a sprinkle of magic and mystery. And to tie it all up, it has a certain form of justice that is served to the bandit that's murdered at the end. And I know what you're thinking, I know what you're thinking. Mark, there is no way that you think that that mountain actually swallowed up that treasure. And no, you were right. Now that I am older and wiser than my five-year-old self, I do not think that a mountain actually swallowed up that treasure. But in five-year-old me's defense, at that point, there was some pretty damning evidence to the contrary. As a matter of fact, I was talking to 
Veronica and Jim Casas, my mom and my brother, respectively. And I feel like she made a very good point in the defense of five-year-old me. You know, sometimes it looks like it's far, and sometimes it looks like it's so close. it's, It's like magic. I cannot agree more with my mom. Seeing this mountain seemingly move throughout the day will always have magical qualities to it. But on the other hand, as a rational adult, I could not help but also agree with my brother's more logical perspective on these mystical qualities of the mountain. Now, La Loma Sincaja, before I get too far, much further into the story, one of the other names that we've always called it was the, uh, the Moving Mountain. And uh, what you call it, not that it really was much of a mountain, but from a distance during certain times of the day, it was almost like an optical illusion. You, you look at it early in the morning, and it looks like it's not but a couple miles away. You can see it real large. It's, it's right there. You can almost just walk to it. Whereas later in the afternoon, like I said, the optical illusion, it, this mountain seems like it's just so far away. It's just a tiny speck in the distance. I don't necessarily know how the illusion works, but so be it. Now, while this answers some of the things in regards to the mystical properties of the Loma San Cajo, there's still one main question that remains unanswered, and that's, where's the stolen treasure? If you were to refer to official folklore story, the treasure is simply lost in the mountain, constantly shifting and moving to avoid being found. But, if you ask any local, including my mom and brother, they've all seemed to have formed the same opinion. They said they didn't find it. Well, the one who owned that now, I think they found it. It can't be that this is still on the ground. The one who bought it in that place, they got it. They found the gold. They just didn't tell them because if, if, they, the, if the government know about that, they're going to get it from there. But nobody know about it. That's, that is the, just the opinion of most of the people. See, while my brother does happen to agree with my mom on this, he does go into a lot more detail whenever he explains his quote-unquote theory. So the story goes that the reason that these cavalrymen could never find the treasure was because the uh, mountain moved and it kept hiding the treasure and changing, and, and, and they, they could never find it because of that. So my theory is that the uh, treasure was actually found already, although there's no confirmation on it, because it was a small family out there that suddenly was able to afford this large expanse of property, which uh, my dad uh, worked on, uh, feeding cattle and stuff like that. And supposedly before then they really did not have much but suddenly this like a track of land 20 by 21 miles this huge expanse of land they're able to afford it i guess at the end of the day it's up to you it's up to you to decide what you want to believe in do you want to be the logical rational adult who knows that more than likely the treasure's already been found or there was none there to begin with or Would you rather be that mystified five-year-old sitting there in wonder, in wonder of possible lost treasure?
in wonder of a mystical mountain that moves riches around to keep them just out of your grasp. So at the end of the day, it's up to you. What would you believe in? Because I know what I would. I just wanted to say a quick thanks to everyone who stopped by and listened to the first episode of Stories of the South. If what you heard today interested you, you can actually go to agcj366.tamu.edu under the Season 2 tab to find out more about the Loma San Cajo. You can also go and follow me on Twitter and Instagram under SOTS underscore podcasts. Go ahead and shoot me a tweet or comment on one of my Instagram posts telling me what you thought of today's episode and what you would believe in. I would also like to invite you to join me next episode on Stories of the South as we dive into another legend that I've heard throughout my entire childhood. But be warned, this one will not be the same as this episode. It'll be a bit more spooky and a lot more fun. So be sure to tune in next time to Stories of the South. You can find Stories of the South under Podcasts for Aggies, AGCJ 489, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.